0: Well, there. It is. I don't know about you, Doug, but that like that intro gets me fired
1: up, dude. I'm blown away. <laughs> that was awesome, and I saw all my <laughs> friends in it too. So that was I really know, cool. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so
0: for those uh, listening, welcome to the show. Um, Doug is joining us. Doug Mitchell is an award-winning direct sales CEO for Agenta Field Solutions. He's built several seven-figure sales teams for clients like AT and T, ADT, and Directv. And now his own solar brand, Argenta Solar, but it's not just about business. Doug's got three children, a wonderful uh, fiance. Right, you just proposed.
1: Yeah, is that correct? Uh, do I have that right? God, I want to have that right. Yeah, you do. I am going to call it a reproposed. Okay, because we we were married for ten years, separated, okay. divorced, went through all that, uh-huh. and then reconciled, wow. and so we just d- decided to get married again. So I reproposed. <laughs> and then we're going to have. Good. In in uh June, we're gonna have our I do redo barbecue is what we're calling it. We're not doing the formal awesome. wedding and everything. We're just gonna have a big, barbecue, I do, have a big do party barbecue. That's yes, very cool. That is very, very
0: cool. Well, that alludes to the other things you do, rugby and your barbecue. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, but yeah, back to our friends. You know, you and I are, are part of a wonderful group, uh, really kind of uh, what I would call the most prolific, uh, impactful business networking mastermind group, uh, called Apex. And a lot of those were our Apex friends. And, uh, man, these are people just like crushing it. Um, just, just really crushing it in their own way. So, that's like the third time we've shown that intro. I have to thank my friend Chris from Cast Ahead Productions who produces this podcast. He put that together. He goes to great lengths to make this show great for everybody. So, uh, if you have questions, throw them in the box for us. We'll try to answer them as we go through. I know not everybody can catch this live on the social channels we put it out on. But um, yeah, and if you ask, yeah, if you got a question when the podcast airs, you know, just hit me up, jeff at thebigticketlife.com and we can uh, connect you and in the show notes. You can connect to Doug as well. So, so yeah, Doug, welcome to the show, man. Um, really excited to have you. I said earlier when I shared the show out, I think we're going to have some uh, really great heat and fire to throw out here um, absolutely on this show so you know I've got a couple conversations going in my mind this morning um, with people uh, that I'm talking to and it really kind of when you boil it down it's about the abundance mindset the scarcity mindset the way in the which the world constrains us on on how we do things right like there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that are gonna tell us here's how you got to do something in life buy a house you know, Get your education, build your career, on and on and on. You did something that's very cool that I figured we'd just jump right in and kick off the show with. You bought your first business in a very unconventional way. Mm. Um, let's dig in. Let's let's start talking about that.
1: Yeah. So I think there's like two routes that entrepreneurs go. There's the uh let me just try stuff and see what works route. You know, and that's been my career and my my mentor's career that I just Uh, I bought Argenta from. And um, so we didn't do anything really in the traditional way. And so uh, he hired me for marketing and uh, I ended up doing some other uh, operations stuff as well as sales management um, or more like a sales liaison, I should say, because there was a sales manager, but he recognized I had had an ability to communicate with salespeople. And... uh, so he had this company, Argent Fill Solutions, which was the idea of one of his sales reps to, uh, get an AT&T contract and start selling AT&T services door to door. Right. And this is a big business. I mean, uh, there's dealers all over the nation that do this. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty common. you probably, uh, you know, everyone at some point has had somebody knock on their door trying to, trying to sell them AT&T services or cable or, you know, energy or solar now. Right. Right. And so or meat. Um, there's a lot there's a lot of meat yeah. door knockers out there. I haven't seen one in a while, but I live way out in the country now, so nobody knocks on my door for, unless it's to mow my it, acreage. Yeah, they they, they figure you got your own meat in the
0: front yard with the cast the cow eating the grass, right? Exactly.
1: So um so he poured about 200 grand into this business. And um, you know, he was doing everything kind of like the traditional way, you know, instead of you know, his normal instinct, which was just to try stuff out and see what worked. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a sales company, right? And so it's very hard to hire W2 for sales, you know, especially commission-only sales where at is not paying you until you make a sale, right? So how am I going to go out and hire a bunch of salespeople and we haven't made a sale yet and I've got these payroll expenses and everything. So, you know, he was doing W2. He was, had a, You know, $20,000 contract that they were signing. Uh, He was giving them base pay and just over the top, you know, position that he did for his other company, which made sense uh, because that was an established company that had that revenue to do that. And so he sunk about 200 grand into it. It didn't work out. The guy that had the idea originally left and um, he asked me to start managing it, see if I can get it back to black, get it back to the point where it was sellable, right? And so I remember, I remember the first month that it made like six grand net, right? Which compared to his other business, which, you know, did millions every year was nothing, but he was like, okay, now I can probably pitch this to one of my friends and they could buy it, you know? Well, he tried to, and it it turns out that if it didn't come with me or if it, you know, it was just a contract Mm. with AT&T, it's all it really was, you know? And so, um... So just That's a little what, pause on that. Yeah.
0: So so really you know what it may maybe this is an unfair assessment of what you just shared but mm-hmm. um, maybe what that what that person's friend circle or network saw was a whole lot of starting and not finishing from that mm-hmm. person. Right? I'm not trying to speak bad about them.
1: Right, right. But, but mean, what they
0: saw was that there's a team connection there that needs to happen mm-hmm. and that's that's an important thing to recognize in life, I think. Is, yeah, that, is that a fair assessment of what happened there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the the people make the business, right? Yeah. And so um, if the business doesn't come with any people to run it, is it really a sellable business, you know? And right. so, um, and he wasn't, I guess, offering me with the business or I wasn't willing to go with the business, you know what I mean? And so we were talking one day and he looks over at me and he's like, why don't you buy it? you know? And at that time, I was making 35 grand a year as a marketing manager, you know? And I right. had a six-month-old daughter. And she, and that was my first child, you know? And um, so I had to, to think about it. And so, of course, being the integrator that I am, I went back to my computer and I started running the numbers and I started doing the math, you know? All right. How many sales till I can pay rent? How many sales till you know, I could pay myself, you know, and I started running all those numbers. And then, uh, he was like, well, if you want to do this, uh, you're gonna have to put five grand down on it and I'll sell it to you for 200 grand. I just want to get back what I put into it. Right. I want to break even on it. And, and so I was all for it. I saw that I could make like 20 to 30 grand a month if I quadrupled the current numbers, which wasn't that hard because we only had like five sales guys at the time, you know? And so, um, We, I started operating under that agreement, which was 90% for me to buy 90% of the company for 200,000 and he would retain 10%. You know, that way, if it was a big hit, he could still get something out of it. Right. Right. And so, um, yeah. So 110 salespeople and, uh, $5 million annually later, he got something out of it.
0: (laughs) Right. Because, yeah, because he saw he saw in you the ability to pull it through to a level of success that on his own wasn't able to make happen.
1: I think he was backed into a corner, like, hey, you know, I can either keep Doug here doing this, which he's okay at, or I can give him an opportunity to kind of build his own business, and and who knows, maybe he'll kill it. And he he did. He came back to me like a year later, and he was like, I mean, I expect you to do well because you're a smart guy and you're an integrator. You're all about the numbers and everything, and. You know, you're good at that stuff. But uh, I didn't expect this. You blew it out of the water. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, I would attribute that to simply this. I replaced myself every chance I got. Every chance I got. The first thing I did was I knocked on doors. And then I started putting together a script and putting together uh, levels of training for that mm. script and, and and writing a train the trainer, right? So then I trained someone yep. else how to do it. And, and then... Taught them how to train, and yep. so on and so forth. You know,
0: yeah. I want I want to take a little off ramp here on that word script, right? Mm-hmm. Because really, developing a script in a way is replacing yourself. You know, strong salespeople, super successful salespeople, mm-hmm. and businesses run on scripts. Absolutely. I tell my team. I tell my team this all the time. The way I relate it is: listen. If you want to replace the objectivity of your salary and commission pay structure uh, not being there every other Thursday, that's Mm -hmm. fine. Bring your own subjectivity into the day and don't follow our plan. Don't follow our process. Don't follow our script. But if you want to have me be a reliable employer for you, which is absolutely what I want, if you want me to help you achieve The things you want to do outside of these four walls we share together, that's what I want. But we've all come together on a process. We've all come together on a procedure and a script of how we go about things and how we do things. And really, in essence, following a scripted way of selling uh, procedures, uh, operations, really in a way is replacing that nonsensical subjectivity that so many people bring to their job each and every day. I think that's the first way you can replace yourself in that theme of replacing yourself. Um, So share your thoughts on scripts. I shared mine.
1: So not only can you replace yourself, but you can multiply yourself, right? Yep. And um, so the thing that's dangerous about scripts is the objectivity you talked about, it works both ways. It works for us too. And even though we may be super successful with our sales, because we're our first salesman, right? When you're an entrepreneur, you were the first salesman at your company, right? And what a lot of entrepreneurs fail to see is that you are unique, like a, like a, like a fingerprint and your ability to pitch your product comes from a few things. One, you're passionate about it and two, you're the most experienced person on it. And so when it comes to scripts, I, I always say less is more. So what I mean by that is, you know, obviously a script is broken up into four parts, intro, qualify, present, close, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, the intro I might put three or four words, right? Who, what, and why, you know. And yep. then the the qualification I might ask three questions, and that's the script. And then the presentation, yep. I I may make three points in that presentation, bullet points, and and maybe I'll give them a few sentences to help, you know, basically yep. form their thoughts. But at at the end of the day, the script is just bullet points to keep you on track, so you don't lose your way, right? Yeah, I call them I call them waypoints and guideposts. Mm-hmm. So you
0: how know? does how does that work? White points and guideposts? Uh, waypoints, sorry.
1: Okay, way, waypoints.
0: Yeah, like waypoints in a map, right? Mm-hmm. Like okay. you think about your ways app; those little things that plunk down, like yeah. where the cop is, where the path, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And guide and guidepost. Um, Yeah, so like just how we're guiding and weaving
1: through our conversation. Absolutely. Uh, And so if they follow that structure and and they hit those questions and then they present those points, you know what I mean? Not only will it be a custom-fitted script for that salesperson in the way that they sell, it'll also be a custom-fitted presentation for the customer, right? Yep. And that's why we spend more time on the qualify than any other part of the script because... You know, listening is selling, right? You hear that stuff all the time, but there's, there's a huge functionality behind that. And if, if I get you to talk enough, you're going to give me two things. One, pain points that my product can solve and two, uh, dominant buying motives that I'm going to be able to close you with basically. Mm-hmm. So once we get into the presentation, I'm, I am going to give you the presentation and everything, but throughout the presentation, I'm going to weave in those pain points and I'm going to solve them. And then I'm going to weave in. Um, I want to make sure I'm hitting your dominant buying motive, you know, and overall, you know, if we want to get woo-woo about it, like Chris Whitehead always says, um, my job is to show you how my products can improve your lifestyle mm-hmm. and, and, and lifestyle is overarching. What you do in business, what you do in your personal life, it doesn't matter. I, I want to improve your lifestyle. And so, if I can do that at the end of the presentation, there, there typically isn't even a close. It's just about processing at that point and whether you can afford it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've said to my team and others that I talk with, coach, work with, I say in 2022, if your process is not putting you and your team in a position of affirmation, Mm -hmm. you're really, you're really up against it. You know, with the, with the abundance of research. Material people have access to Mm -hmm. the networks that they can reach out to. I mean, you know, Facebook, Nextdoor, LinkedIn, it just goes on and on and on where people can get input into what they want to buy, what they want to purchase, what they want to fix in their life. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're still kind of presenting this old school way of like in my industry, in the retail mattress industry, Uh you're still like, if your process is still built upon what was done in 1995 which about 80% of what's out there is, that's a real problem. And that's what opened and exposed the jaw of our industry collectively in 2014, 15 with the online ship a mattress to your door thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, our industry abdicated, abdicated because of a terrible process. Mm -hmm. What we do is to impact somebody's life for a third of their day. We just walked away from it. We, we, we as an industry did lip service to selling sleep for decades. Mm -hmm. And the industry at large deserves what they got because they didn't, their words didn't meet their actions.
1: Right. You know, Uh, then that makes complete sense.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes.
1: And so, you know, what you were kind of talking about is those old school tactics, you know, which is where the salesman talks the whole time and he's entertaining and he's he's outgoing you know what i'm saying so when people mm-hmm. see someone like that in sales or just in general they say oh you're a great salesman right and and to me that's that's the worst kind of salesman that doesn't doesn't listen to the consumer and doesn't talk less you know what i mean when you when you talk as a salesperson you should have something impactful to say if you're not building rapport going through your presentation every sentence should be targeted Towards that consumer's emotion, right, and so your job is basically to because you listen to them and because you understand their lifestyle and you're someone that you're now someone that they know like and trust because you built rapport. Your 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 job is to get uh, their emotions increasing and to get them to the height of impulse, right? Yeah. Um, so the the second part of that is is you know because of the some of the things that Apex has taught us in building your machine. it's kind of crazy to see both sides of the spectrum because you have, you know, you build your machine and by the time the consumer gets to you, they're already sold because every all the work you've done, whether it be on social media, whether it be in advertising, whether it be in uh, educational-based resources, all that work you've done to build your machine, and then by the time they get to the salesperson, it's a laydown. You know, it's a lot more of a laydown than it used to be. So now we're talking, okay, well, Am I going to get them on the starter pack? You know the the average package or the premium package? You know, right? So that's where the salesmanship comes in, is in the the you know the level of mattress or the level of yeah. consulting or the the level of uh, AT and T package, whatever the case. May be. Yeah.
0: Well, to follow up on that, you know, really what you just shared about building your machine, about doing all the work up front. You said earlier you spend the most time on the qualifying. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got two things to add to that, and I'll get your your feedback and input on it. One, a, re- a real-world example. So it was, it was Black Friday, I think, 2016, maybe 2017. Mm-hmm. Gentleman comes in, plunks down $20,000 on an incredible Swedish uh, sleep system. And I might have been a little older than that because I'm, I'm, we haven't sold those systems for a few years now. But anyway, mm-hmm. it was Black Friday, plunks down twenty grand. 20 minutes, it's done. And I did what no salesperson should ever do. Mind mm-hmm. you, this is after the credit card receipt signed, but I still did it because I was just floored by it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I said, I got to ask. You were incredible to work with, but you, you were in and out of here so quick, dollars mm-hmm. per minute. Yeah. You've spent the most per minute in my store than anybody ever has. What's that about? And he said to me, he said, fair question. He says, I'm actually happy you asked it because it shows you're really like you really care. Yeah. He said, you've done all the work up front. You wrote, you wrote educational stuff that I digested, your blog posts, your social media. Mm -hmm. I asked around about you guys in the local community. I've done my research on this brand. Mm -hmm. All you had to do when I walked into your store was not undo everything you did. Right, which is which is which is really. Yeah. Well, talking too much and really having integrity, right? Yeah. You know, words that he got elsewhere, matching actions in person. Right. Absolutely. And 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 it was really that moment that kind of birthed that idea of if we don't put ourselves into that position of affirmation for our for our customers, we're going to really struggle. And it and, and really the original thought was, wow, if we really blow this up. Where mm-hmm. we're just affirming things and not selling things. Affirming we're the right fit. Yeah, we're gonna we're just gonna grow, and that was a big turning point for us. Um, so, you know, you had your mentor um, in the AT and company that you bought. Uh, mm-hmm. This hit me when you said it. He recognized in you that you had an ability to communicate with your sales team and sales reps. Mm-hmm. So. What's that ability look like? Share with people watching what that means.
1: More than anything, uh, I I go numbers first, right? And I go um, systems first. And so what that means basically is I'm not going to um, get emotional about the, the salesperson or the sales team as a whole. You know? And so... Um, and, and and there was more than just the sales numbers at that time. They they liked me because I looked at their advertising sources, and I said, "Hey, maybe not every lead that comes in is created equally." So, um, when they're amen,
0: yeah, just an amen to that. Yeah, I mean, we could go three hours probably
1: on that statement exactly. alone, but I'll yeah. let you finish. There, so their, their conversion rates dropped. And of course, you know, most of owners in that situation would get upset because their conversion rates dropping. But there was a difference from a full page newspaper ad that we ran in Hawaii and a full page newspaper ad that we ran in Minneapolis, you know, and, and that was the level of income of the individual calling in from, from the phone, as well as the age, you know, and, and in our industry, you know, there's a sweet spot between 50 and 65. That our, our clients were at, you know, so I was able to, to hone in the demographic and, and hone in the, the source of the, the lead and understand, okay, this is your conversion rate should not be this one overarching thing. It should be, uh, decide or it should, the target should be based on the source of the ad, you know, and that, that, that enabled them to focus on the source and the things that attributed. To that conversion rate and increasing that conversion rate based on the source. And then I was their favorite person because they were closing more deals based on that, you know, so we were just really diving in into the data, you know, and so I had a good relationship with them, not because, you know, I'm this great guy and I'm likable, but because I helped them do their jobs better. Right. And, and that's kind of where, the, where the magic comes from is looking at your salespeople as, as a, as a business owner, you're, supposed to serve them. You're there for them. And then, and then that goes for your employees too. Your job is them. Their job mm-hmm. is the clients and the product and everything else. But as, as the leader of your company, they are your client. And you have to do everything you can to make them successful. Yeah. And, and not just successful in business, but in successful in, in life too. And I always thought it was just successful in business and my job stopped there for a long time. And then I met everyone in apex and I'm, I've incorporated that, that successful in life as well into my business and making sure that they have a path for that too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, I mean, that is very, very important. One of the, to follow up on that, making sure people are successful in life. I've got a fantastic, uh, delivery crew, Nick and Kelvin, uh, Kelvin's a younger guy under 30. um, He's got a cool little side hustle going on that he wants to make into a big business. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he does uh like travel photography for couples kind of like you said, I do redo barbecue. Yeah, yeah the, these are couples that aren't doing the big wedding, but they're doing a big trip. So he gets yeah. like in January, he traveled to Hawaii with a couple to photograph the whole adventure and the and the marriage, uh, or elopement, I guess is the better term. Mm-hmm. And you know, when we brought him on. You know, the minute we brought him on was the minute I began the journey to keep him as long as I can. Because That's he right. is so smart, so talented. And, you know, yet he's very good at what he does for us. So I want to keep him okay. around, but I also don't want to hold him back. So it's a yeah. balance of things. You know, we did recently did an infomercial shoot. We brought him in to that, to do the photography for that, mm-hmm. right? Because A, he would enjoy it. B, yeah. he's very good at it. Mhm. So to me it's like if you if you as a leader aren't interested and th- this goes right to the meat of growing your sales team the title of our show. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not interested in the success of what your people do outside the four walls you share or the environment you share in mm-hmm. today's more more virtual business world um that's a problem. So what what are some things that you've done or what, what are things that you take on in your day or week or month that Follows that up to where you're seeing your people succeed mm-hmm. outside of the nine to five business aspect.
1: Well, there, there's a motivation behind it too, and I'll I'll definitely get into the tactical stuff, but the motivation behind it to me is twofold, right? And you know, obviously, you want to retain them, but at the same time, if you don't, like, if you're, um, what was his name again? Adam? Uh, Calvin. Kelvin. Calvin. If he goes on, and because of the things that he learned at your company, whether it be life skills, investment skills, financial, or just how to run a business, and just opens up this amazing business and kills it in the the uh, travel wedding industry, you know, or just video production in general, um, that's going to be a great recruitment tool for you, you know. And a long-term, you know, and I always like to tell my guys when they come in, you know, this may just be a stepping stone in your career and we're completely okay with that. We want to contribute to you as a, as a human being. And so some, some of the ways that we do that is we have what we call our freedom training. And so I derived it from Sean Whelan's free man speech. And it really impacted me because at the time, you know, I definitely wasn't a free man. You know, I had... Debts, I had uh, obligations that I was just making up in my head that I had to had to do. You know, I had um, I wasn't a I wasn't in control of my calendar. I wasn't in control of my schedule. You know what I mean? I was doing ten dollar an hour tasks and thousand dollar an hour tasks. You know, I was all over the place. And so, uh, when he talks about being a free man, it's being a free man in your faith. Get you to practice whatever religion you want to. Uh, being a free man in terms of financial free of debt uh, besides a car and a house, you know, and free of uh, uh, freedom with your time. And that's probably the biggest one, right? Being able to say at any given time, you know, I can, after this podcast, I can leave this office and go pick up my daughter and my boys from school and take them to lunch if I want to, you know, Um, that's, that really impacted me. And I wanted to make sure that I was creating an opportunity like that for, for my people as well. And it's in don't get me wrong. It's easier to do in sales, right? And so at every level, we have, uh, on the solar side, we have an appointment center level, right? And at that level, we're teaching them the basics, tax training, understanding, uh, how to open up an LLC, you know, what, uh, investments you can get into for 2,500 to five grand. You know what I'm saying? And we're constantly training on this stuff every week, right? And then at the next level, closers you know, they may, uh, we may look at real estate investing, cryptocurrency, you know, I, I want to start an LLC called Argentina Investments. And I want my people to be able to, to put their money in, in that uh, LLC and then, uh, get, uh, make profits with me in different things, yeah. you know, that we're doing. Um, yep. whether it be like, like right now, uh, Ryan Steuben put us on to a new coin that's in, coming in the marketplace hasn't even been minted yet, you know. Yep. And so um I got I in you, on that. Yeah, exactly. So I did
0: too. I was I was proud of myself. I figured it out without having to mm-hmm. um without having to like phone a friend like I did on the first yeah. go around with the big co-op
1: wallet thing we put together. But and so um, on our call on Friday, I, I made sure with him first that I could offer this to them. But on our call on Friday, we're gonna we're gonna walk through that. I'm gonna show them on the video screen how to do that. That's basically. awesome. And um, so then you know you go you go up in level, and uh, you know we go all the way up to like happiness training and being present. You know when you're at home and being present when you're at work. You know which is one of the hardest things to do. It took me, you know, 15 years into my career before I actually achieved that. You know that ability to to be truly present with your family, or truly present with the person in front of you, and not thinking about your phone or your notifications or work you got to do or the bills you got to pay. You know all that. So that that's one of the ways that we execute on that. And um, what I'm realizing is happening is even if because they're salespeople, they work on commission, right? We have a base pay, but it's it's enough to maybe keep the lights on and pay your rent. That's about it, right? Right. The rest, the, rest we do the to, same. yeah. So the rest has to come from sales. And if they're not having a good sales week or something like that, you know, in the past, they may have quit because of the, uh, the, the inconsistency of it. Right. But now they see the bigger picture. You know what I mean? And they understand that they have an opportunity structure that's going to allow them to make, uh, six figures and multiple six figures and someday a half a million dollars a year, you know? Yep. And, uh, So we're, we display that to him at any given chance we can. Yeah.
0: I mean, one of the, one of the prouder moments of leading a team and having people uh, look to me and my business partner for leadership is a newer sales guy to the floor. He's coming up on a year. uh, Mm -hmm. I guess it would be in May. Um, But the end of last year is like, I have a whole new respect for tax structure Mm -hmm. and paying taxes because I've never made this much money. Yeah. And, Absolutely. you know, to, to me, that was a, that was a great. I mean, as much as people like us loathe paying taxes, uh, it was a, it was, it was a proud moment for me mm-hmm. to to yeah. celebrate with him. And in that statement and in that acknowledgement that he's, he's on his way to making more money than he ever has. the mm-hmm. um, to me, the, the, those things are great. Um, you know, just as you were talking there, um, about leading a team and all the things you do and, you know, Um, some of our friends are following the same path, investing in, in what we might say is pouring into our people Mm -hmm. you know, there's another side of this. If you're listening to this, watching it today or later or listening later, um, just as an aside, Doug, our podcast audio comes out about a week after about, so this time next week I'll be up on the player, but uh, which is why I say it the way I just said it. Um, if you want to get an idea of what the average person working for somebody feels, Go to Reddit's anti-work subreddit. So Reddit.com uh, forward slash R forward slash anti-work. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, I, I look in there often um, and it's sad. And, it, and, it, and I do it because it it gives me a perspective on how people feel about how they're treated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is it is sad. It's sad that it's sad that there are people out there leading teams, managing people, guiding people who are so selfish Mm. and on the flip side of that it's sad that people who who haven't bet on themselves who haven't taken that leap and listen not everybody's cut from the entrepreneur cloth right business owner cloth i mean if that were the case you and i wouldn't be able to lead teams right Mm. um but it's sad that they have no respect for i shouldn't say that's a broad sweeping statement it's sad that some don't see the level of commitment that folks like us take and I don't blame them for that because they're blinded with the selfishness that it gives. So it is kind of mm-hmm. this like ever evolving, yeah. you know, there, ball there's... of misunderstanding that happens. Um, but, you know, I bring that up because I think it's important for us to know what goes on in our in our people's minds and how mm-hmm. we can help them overcome that.
1: Yeah, I absolutely. I it's very important. And I think you, one, you have to sympathize because you were there once too. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter how old they are. You know, I've mentored people 15 years older than me. You. you know, that, that that that's not a prerequisite. So I, I think one, you have to have sympathy. You know what I mean? And and that's huge. Just having sympathy alone is enough. You don't have to take action on it. You may not be able to afford to take action, right? They may have a situation going on at home. They need money and you can't just hand out money. You got to operate a business, you got to profit and you, you got to protect right. the company first, right? you know our mission statement is um, we help each other achieve freedom right and our first core value is we put the mission first which essentially means we have to put that mission statement first the, the company first you know so we can't just hand out money because people have problems right so sympathizing with them you know and then giving them your advice and all that is great but also like you said when they do when they do approach you from a a, a selfish standpoint or a a very narrow view, you you do you have to remind them. And one of the ways that I remind them is I pull out this picture I have of my uh, of my daughter, and uh, I've shared it on my social media and stuff before. Um, but it's it's of me, and I'm on the couch at the apartment complex that we were living in at the time, and it's when I first started Argenta, and I was driving every other day. I was because dri- I had two offices. Was a Corpus office and a Houston office, and I, I adopted them when I bought the company. And so every other day, I was driving to the Houston office, and I was there by eight a.m. from Portland, Texas. So it took about three and a half hours to get there. So that means I left at four thirty in the morning to get there by eight. And I always wanted to be my sales manager there. So he he could never he could never be late and look look at me with a straight face, right? Right. And so um, and then. Of course I would we'd run the meetings and everything, do the recruiting, you know, uh, do the training, all that stuff. And then we go out to the field, we'd train guys in the field, and we'd wrap up about seven o'clock typically. So three and a half hour drive home, and I'm getting home by ten thirty. So I'm I'm mm. having like, you know, these long days and it and it was every other day, so it wasn't too, too bad, but it was still th- those were rough days, right? Yeah. And I would have like, you know, 15 to 20 of those in a month. And so there's this picture that Alicia took of me and Maddie when we were on the couch. And I'm, I literally woke her up from sleeping because I missed her so much, you know, and uh, I just wanted to to see her and she's like six months old and she's got her head on my chest and everything. And I'm looking down like this and I, I got the baby face and everything, you know? <laughs> yep. Oh, there you go. Well, there you go. Wow. There it is. That's the one, man, that, that gets me misty eyed every time. And, uh, and I show them that picture, you know, and I, and I, and I tell them the story behind it and I help them understand that, you know, I understand what you're going through because I went through it too. You know, yep. It, it doesn't matter the context or any of that. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's, it's supporting them and it's missing them and, and not doing the best you can do for them. You know what I'm saying? And those sacrifices that you make and we're all, we're all in the same boat here. You know, we're trying to, to leave a better life for our, for our kids. You know what I mean? Then, yeah. than than we had, even if it's 1% better, you know? Yeah. And now, yeah. you know, as we, as we get older, we're just trying to be present, you know? So again, going back to it, having that sympathy and then, you know, having something like that in your back pocket, like that picture to remind them, you know, where you came from and what you did to get where you are. And so, if they haven't done anything like that, you're not going to know. They're not going to tell you, oh, I've never worked that hard before. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they will be convicted and it will be easier yeah. for them to understand, okay, why does the company make a 35% gross profit and then you get your 15% net profit at the end? It's because I've been doing this for now 15 years. You know what I'm saying? And, right. and But back then, I was making the same sacrifices that you're talking about now. You know what I'm saying? Right. So,
0: well, and listen, you know, profit, unfortunately. Um, well, and before I move on to that, the profit mm-hmm. discussion, just to follow up on the picture of your daughter, I mean, you've realized this a long time ago. If family, if your family isn't the greatest thing you're working on and you've got a family, mm-hmm. you need to go get your mind right and make it the greatest thing you're working on. Uh, I've said that before on the show and I'll continue to say it again. Um, it's, it's got to be number one. Uh, I'm so big on that right now. My, from a personal standpoint, um, my biggest thing is saving our last name because it, it's, mm. yeah, I've got some cousins, but you know, I think if it really comes down to it, it's on my shoulders and my Indeed. sons.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and while Janakovo <laughs> is not the easiest name to remember or spell or say, that's my goal to make it as such. I'll tell you yeah.
1: that. Make it a household. And
0: right. So even if it's even if it's within our own circle, that's my goal. But um, mm-hmm. but anyway, uh, so uh, you know on the profit thing, this, this word profit has become almost evil. Mm-hmm. you know, And I'm not a fan of that. because uh, I mean, it really comes down to the fact that a company cannot succeed if it doesn't have the profits to reinvest in the company,
1: mm-hmm.
0: pay the people well, and really make it rewarding for your time, for your energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that note, what are some things that you do throughout the process to take those profits and drive back into the business and into the team?
1: So I, I try to focus on the gross profit number, right? So for me, it's pretty easy because I don't fulfill a product, right? We yep. we get paid a commission or we get paid a, a gross profit from a solar job. and um, goes to my sales force. And if we're on, if we're on a call right now, they know this number. You know what I mean? 35% goes to the company. And, um, we are, we haven't on the solar side, we haven't profited since we started. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because we are, we're, you know, to us, we're pioneering, you know, our, our Argenta solar and, uh, doing everything we can to make it a profitable company. But, more importantly what we've done with our solar is we want to make it a a prof- profitable opportunity for everybody involved. We don't yeah. want to have so our goal our goal as a as our Argentina as a whole is a hundred six figure earners, right? And so um solar is going to be a huge part of that goal because of the scalability of it, right? Yep. Yeah. And so what we're doing right now is we're testing uh postcard mailers for for lead gen. We're we're testing some different uh, org structures within our uh, uh, opportunity on the solar side. We're testing, um, you know, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, all that for solar, and then we're also doing some uh, age leads. You know, we're we're testing like crazy right now, and so any there is no profit on the like on the solar side now on the on the MDU side um, that is a well oiled machine. And I say MDU the AT and T side. That's a well-oiled machine. And uh so what we're doing there is rewarding our people, honestly, because they've been with us for a long time. And yeah. so one of the things we did is we just randomly bought some of the guys some Louis Vuitton wallets. You know, just to show some appreciation. You know what I mean? And we actually just started this program and uh hopefully my sales... I mean, no matter what, they're going to appreciate it and they're going to be surprised by it, but as a staff, we started this uh program called Giftology. And the the, the concept was developed by John Ruin, uh R-U-H-I-N, I believe. And he, he's got a book called Giftology. Yep. And uh um, great book. Yeah, it's a it's a great book. So we're kind of following his structure in that for our salespeople and and, and our staff. So, you know, to put it simply, it's Showing them appreciation by getting them gifts with no, nothing tied to it. No bonus. You know what I mean? It's not because they did well. It's, it's just a way to show appreciation for people that have continued to help you build out your company and, um, been loyal. You know what I mean? And, and given a hundred percent effort. Right. And so, um, as we, as we build that out, we're kind of, we're kind of learning and everything, but that's one of the ways that we're investing back into the company. Uh, we also just launched. Uh, we're we're W two completely on the solar side, so they're going to get access to uh, benefits, health insurance, uh, life insurance, all that type of stuff. You know, yeah. so that, that that's just some of the stuff that we're doing right now while while we're uh, figuring out the the solar side of the business. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: you know, don't if you're listening to this, don't don't look past what Dunn just said about having everybody be Mm -hmm. W-2. I've lived a life uh, of a 1099 contractor, um, you know, and that's an investment. And it, it, you know, on the surface, most people, 96 out of 100 people who apply for a job don't even recognize what that investment into your team really means. Mm -hmm. Um, They just really don't. Um, 80% of people are going to walk by it. Sixteen out of the next group of twenty are going to be like, okay, well, that makes my life a little easier. I don't have to keep mm-hmm. receipts. I don't have to do this. I, I guess I can plug into their ben- their group benefits. I have to go get them on my own. Right. And then four out of a hundred are really going to get it. Um, but uh, and I guess those probably those four out of a hundred would be the ones you go look to recruit because mm-hmm. they're smarter than the average bear, so to say. But yeah, I mean, That's investing really well in the team is. I mean, think that's awesome to hear you're doing that. You're kind of following that giftology path. We've been doing it for a little while. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that we did, you know, kind of circle back where we started door knocking with meat guys. Uh, one of my, one of my referral group networking group people locally to me, she has a uh, beef cow farm. So, uh, last September, um, in walks Jeff with like 12 boxes of beef. Nice heat. And, you know, like filled their freezers to the point where we had our fridge freezer at the store for break time Mm -hmm. for meals. It was filled because they didn't have room at home.
1: That's awesome. You know,
0: but it's great. I mean, you know, those guys are, you know, they're still eating on some of that. And they're, you know, some of them are very appreciative of it, especially with the price of groceries anymore. I
1: mean, again, not to to get there. What's that? It's so an The price of gas to get there.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, again, our, our teams aren't. I think your team, my team, we're not necessarily pinching pennies, but uh, right. but it was a gift that was very much appreciated. So we signed up for it again, mm-hmm. and uh, well, I think uh, I think July is the new delivery there. But um, yeah. but yeah, things like that are so uh, so important. So that's a good segue. So tell me about the
1: barbecuing, man.
0: So you're into barbecuing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then
0: I want to hear more about this I do redo barbecue.
1: Yeah. So uh, on the on the barbecue side, obviously, I really honed in on my craft during COVID. You know, mm. we we're yep. uh, locked up for a while there. So I had, you know, I was still working, but it was a lot easier to go into the backyard and and, and check out that stuff. Yeah. If you look at uh, TX Barbecue Dad, then you'll see all my barbecue stuff. It's it's on a separate page, but yeah, no, I love to I love to barbecue, and it it, it really taps into my my passion, which is feeding people, you know, <laughs> and, yep. and and taking care of people, right? I'm, I'm I love to host, you know, I love to have mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. over. Um, I'm surprisingly a social person when I can control the party. It's other people's parties that I'm like, eh, I don't I don't know if I want to be here, like <laughs> <Right? laughs> turn into a wallflower. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's a big part of it, you know, and I'm, I'm excited about the, the legacy piece of that. You know, like my, my daughter won't compliment anybody else's brisket, but mine, even though their brisket's <laughs> better. She's just nice. like, yeah, there you go. That's my daughter there. And, uh, so yeah, it's just, it, it, it it's a family part, you know, barbecue makes you be present in the moment because yep. if you're not engaged in what you're doing and you're not um, uh, on point with your cook times and all that, then you're going to be in trouble. You know? <laughs> you're know, you going to miss out on something. You're going to overcook it or whatever the case is. Yeah, that's a Wagyu brisket I did for Easter. Now I'm going to get hungry. Now I'm going no, to have that, to... That looks amazing.
0: <laughs> um, so I told you in the pre-show uh, so like I, I have immense respect for folks. So, so you're a, are you a smoker? Is that what you're doing?
1: Barbecuing? Yeah. So I, I'm, I have a steel pit and, okay. um, so I use, uh, oak wood, mesquite wood. And, and so it's, it's offset and, uh, offset smoke. So, um, indirect smoke is what it's called. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's a, that's a ribeye. That's a, a tomahawk ribeye. And so you smoke it for like an hour first and then mm-hmm. you sear the crap out of it. And it just oh man, it comes out amazing. Nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So for me, you're probably gonna like reach through the internet and like smack me. So I've been <laughs> I've been fiddling around because I don't have I don't have the patience to go through the you know, hours. Like I've got friends that, uh, you know, you do you do like 12 hour smokes, 18 hour smokes? Do you do stuff like that? I used to do that a lot.
1: Um, yeah what I did is just get started to get smaller pieces of meat so I didn't yeah. have to do, deal with that That's I guess I, I guess I just need to research what the lower times are but
0: anyway <laughs> I digress so what I do is I get these it's mostly pork that I've done mm-hmm. and tried this with so I get it and I actually put it in the crock pot for like 24 hours yeah in a in a bag to hold all the juices in yeah. Low and I mean you know low and slow I know is a thing in the barbecue world right
1: mm-hmm. so 24 Absolutely.
0: hours is pretty slow and you might think well why the heck 24 hours Jeff that's a lot longer than six hours or 12 mm-hmm. hours well I just set it and forget it right like I do the yeah. Ron Popeil thing and uh, I really enjoy it I will tell you um,
1: it's worked for me but I've got I've got a question yeah how do you go 24 hours smelling it and not eat it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I
0: mean, the first it, twelve it hours. Goes up the whole I house. mean, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the first twelve hours. If you dig in,
0: you'd get poisoned because it's not it's not yet. Right. It. So you just right. you just have to have that patience, right? But yeah, it does it does add up. The first time I did it, I went a little heavy on the garlic, and my wife was not uh not impressed at all. But uh, the one the one that I like the most to do is so I'll do a, a pork butt, mm-hmm. take a knife, c- cut like an X down in it, mm-hmm. and I do like a little. Uh, Sweet citrus thing. I do pineapple, so I get a mm-hmm. whole pineapple, cut it into strips, put that down inside, and then some lime. And I will tell yeah. you, man, that is like—it sounds that's amazing. Living, that's living for me. Yeah, uh, and I, that, I really like it.
1: Throw some so, onions on that, and some pickles, and throw it on some sliders. Yeah, yep. Man, yep. I'm, I'm real hungry now. so I don't—I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, like, all right, uh, that's just another—that's you know, just another form of cooking, right? Yeah. So, like, one of my favorite things to do with like a uh, two inch ribeye, right? And so, the, the mistake a lot of people make when they're when they're cooking a steak, and so this will be more universal for all the listeners because I know this is what we wanted to talk about.
0: <laughs> That's right. We're getting to the real meat of it. here. You're getting so to the, the real we, stuff here. As
1: we turn the hour, get it, get a, a two inch ribeye from HEB or wherever you get your groceries from, right? And and put it in the oven first, and let it get to about a hundred degrees. In okay, case so the problem is, is so many people want that nice sear on the outside and, and then they forget that the inside has to cook too, right? And so they get the nice sear and then they overcook the outside because they, they're trying to get the inside to, to 135, right? And so I'll, I'll, I'll get it to 100 in the oven and then I'll throw down the, um, olive oil, start searing it and then throw in butter and garlic and thyme if you're into that and then start yep. basting it and everything, you know? And then, and of course that's putting salt and pepper on it first. Um, but the sear after the cook is the best thing. And what I, what I would encourage you to try just to give your, your pork another flavor. Do you you have any type of pit? I don't. I do not. So you can, you can get like a $10 Walmart pit, right? And, and put the charcoal on one side and put the meat on the other and, and put some wood chips in that charcoal. And just let yep. it smoke for an hour, two hours. Pork is very receiving of the, the smoke and then throw it in your crock pot and it'll give oh, it a smoke flavor. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to try that. Yeah, just You've don't beat me a convert, stuff. man. Yeah. <laughs> well, once you start, I'm, I'm just trying to get you in there a little bit and then yeah. all of a sudden, we're going to do this again in a year and you're going to have three pits outside and you're going to be a barbecue master. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's how it goes. So... Yeah. Um, so the I do redo barbecue, man. Mm-hmm. So share with us, um, share with us
1: what that's all about. So you, you said earlier on, you're married, then not, mm-hmm. and now so back again. You referenced earlier, um, you know, an entrepreneur that's not putting his family first and not pouring into his family, and so that was that was me in my mid to late twenties. You yeah. know, uh, I was very numbers driven, very ego driven. I had a chip on my shoulder from my childhood that really pushed me to get the awards and the numbers. You know what I'm saying? I was all about status, competition, all that stuff. And so when I was home, I wasn't present. I was on my phone. I was working. Right. And, um, you know, there's good mo- a lot of good moments in there. I have a lot of great memories with my daughter. I was the first one to like get her ready every day for a while there. But, anyways, I got a little full of myself around 26, 27 because of the, the success of the business and everything. And um, I just lost myself, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and did some things that I'm not proud of and I don't want to get too deep into it. I have in several sure. other podcasts that it was more appropriate, you know what I mean? But sure. um, basically, I, I, I didn't live up to my vows, right? Yep. And so, uh, Alicia and I separated and eventually... Divorced, uh, but that love was always there. And we weren't those, you know, spiteful parents that use the kids against each other and that fought over money. You know what I mean? I always took care of them because she, she was at home with the kids several times during growth periods in my business, you know? So I recognized that. And, um, sure. I always made sure that she was taking care We were 50 50 with the kids. We had a really good co-parenting relationship. And I, and I think it's, it was because the love was still there. You know what I mean? And eventually she, through prayer and through her relationship with God, she was able to forgive me. And for everything that I had done in our marriage and um, she reached back out in that aspect and uh, eventually we started dating again and decided to move in together. And just a couple of weeks ago, um, we were at the Cabo Mastermind and uh, they put together a beautiful setup for us and uh, I think if you, if you reference my Instagram, you could see it in there. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> you guys got great timing.
0: <laughs> yeah. I um, mean,
1: that's, that's a very, I mean, it's
0: the strength of your relationship coming through right there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's powerful,
1: man. It really is. Yeah. And we both had to do a lot of work on ourselves to get there. I mean, an insane amount of work. When you marry that young, you don't know who you are. You know what I mean, right? And uh, you have not been presented with the challenges that life brings, and so we had to do a lot of work to get back to this point. And we didn't just say right away, "Oh, we're going to get married again." Like I wanted to make sure that I was 100 who I was supposed to be before I proposed to her again. You know, and that was probably the only thing I didn't just run in and try it again. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to put her through all that again, so I had to make sure that I had my for lack of a better term, I had my shit together before I proposed, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, it yeah, takes I mean, a
0: little time. Yeah, I mean, so often in, a, in an o- the entrepreneur mindset, I, I, I related to, I climb the high dive, jump off, and fill the pool on the way down. hmm You know, there, there's times I'm like, I don't even think there's a hose nearby to fill this thing up. Right. But we're going. Absolutely. So, kudos yeah. to you for like having the strength in that relationship and realizing what you had. Mm-hmm. Um and that it meant something and you you know you both found
1: your way back. I think that's just awesome. I really yeah, the, the do really happy for about they both. It. They don't have to do the half and half thing, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and all the resources yeah, are in one one place. So they got a they got a PS five last month, so they were pretty excited about that. They're yeah. They're besides themselves. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's awesome, man. Um I mean that that is really really great. I think it's a great way to uh, kind of wrap up our time together um, on the show. Um, One last thing to ask you about. So we talked about barbecuing. Uh, We didn't talk about the rugby. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the one thing, like, here we call the show The Big Ticket Life because we do life and business on our terms. You shared a number of ways. You, uh, you know, you dig in with your family, pick up your kids, take them to school, Mm -hmm. doing
1: the barbecuing. Talk about your love of rugby for a minute here. So, I was never a good, uh, a really good athlete in high school. I didn't have talent. And then finally, when I got older, like I grew into my body, I guess. I don't know, but I was a lot more athletic in my twenties than I was in my teens. And, um, I always had this, like, you know, I was that guy on the basketball court that cared too much. You know what I mean? (laughs) And, and the softball field that cared a little too much, you know? and and everybody was just trying to have a good time and i'm trying to win and dominate at all things you know what i mean <laughs> and so and yeah. so you know i never really found an outlet for that or i don't know anger frustration you know i, I never really found an outlet for any of that stuff until i found rugby until i could roll myself at full speed at a, another man and tackle him was i really fulfilled physic like physically you know what I mean? Being able to exert that, like, yep. I don't know. I, I just feel like as, as, I, as men and and women, women play it too. You know what I mean? But yeah. as men, like, enacting violence on another man, there's something like just in us that we need to do that every now and then. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, I've taken a
0: break for some physical issues with my left leg, but uh, Brazilian mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I am. I am undeniably a better leader, person, father—you name it—who, uh, mm-hmm. as you say, enact violence upon somebody. My joke yeah. back when I was training hardcore and competing across the nation was, you know, yeah, you know, how you say I could just choke someone in a day? Well, I get to do that. Like, yeah, exactly. Actually, chokes are my thing. I have five of them uh-huh. in my toolkit that I can whip out at any time. Here, want to see? Right, like that was <laughs> that was my thing.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh,
0: you know i mean i think i think to manifest that competitive spirit in a different way mm-hmm. really you know really does help um so no that's cool well, that you found rugby that's awesome my my, yeah. my intro to rugby came from a youth football coach he mm-hmm. was big into it so we taught the kids some safe tackling because you guys don't use equipment Nope. no helmets right just a right?
1: mouthguard just a mouthguard yep mm-hmm. and 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 also it, it it introduced me to like a brotherhood you know, I, I didn't really have strong family ties. I didn't have those lifelong friends, you know, so it, it introduced me to a brotherhood and that's what really grabbed me, you know? Yeah. And then I was president of the club two years later, you know? And so that's yeah. kind of what apex has done for me as well, you know, because even in that brotherhood not everybody, not everybody there was trying to be the best version of themselves. So apex was like another family for me that I can kind of connect to. and and, uh, be a, be a part of that's kind of elevated me. You know what I mean? And so that was a, that was a big deal for me too, especially on this last trip. We, we, got, we got to just hang out and connect. I think, uh, Kale Goodman and Paul, Paul Ham was on that trip too, and we got to just hang out and connect. And it was really cool. I'm, I'm, I missed that in my younger years. And I, it's awesome that I get to have it now between rugby and Apex.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, having that connection to people that fuel you, fuel uh, you know, fuel you for your growth personally, professionally, to help others, to rely mm-hmm. on, you know, being being an entrepreneur is kind of like a lonely world sometimes. Mm-hmm. Friends and family don't get you if they're not, you know, with you or or doing their own thing. Um, so yeah, having that network is important. Obviously, uh I've highlighted a lot of folks on Apex. You can always check out what that's all about. And you can go to jointheapex.com. I think that's the site. Mm-hmm. But you can also just Google it, or you can reach out to Doug or me. Yeah. But uh, whether it's Apex or not, you know, but yeah, definitely find that brother and find those people that you can kind of do life with and, and get you and, and can help push you forward. It's really important. Really important for your leadership. Uh, one last question for you. Okay. So part of the big ticket life for me is doing life and business on your terms, celebrating your success, success of those around you and also helping those around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, any charities that you get down with? Do you want to talk
1: about that? You excite you, um, champion shoes. It, we just signed on with them last month, and we committed a, a thousand a month to them. Uh, yep. And then once our, you know, we wanted to do a pair of shoes per solar system. So once that exceeds the thousand, then we're going to continue with that, right? And yep. so, um, yeah, uh, my Claudio runs that organization, and it, and it's pretty versatile. I mean, you can either just donate or they can do the whole charity in a box for you. If you know kids that that need these shoes and that want to, or that you want to impact, right? So obviously yep. the, they're going to uh, kids that are less fortunate, right? And we all remember what it was like to put on a brand new pair of Nikes when you were a kid, you know what I mean? You felt like yep. a superhero, you know? And so it is a really amazing um, organization and movement that i I've been supporting for a couple of months now and uh, everybody should should learn about. But yeah, they'll, they'll send you everything in a box. You can write the note to the kid, you know what I mean? And they write you notes back, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, you can send them out and everything. Or they can do it with their own uh, organizations that they're involved with. So yeah. it, it's really important to me that when I donate, I know <clears throat> that those funds are actually going to the purpose, you know what I'm saying? And I, oh, and I yeah. know all, all charities can't run like that, you know. If you want to expand and have a you know big footprint, you need elite people in the charity that have to get paid, right? Yeah. Um
0: well but, yeah, I, I would agree with it, but you know, if your charity simply exists to raise money and one percent of what you collect actually goes to the cause, I yeah. think you've lost uh you know, you've lost sight of yeah, what that's
1: like for sure. I don't want to speak for Mike, but I'm I'm guessing just you know what he's shown me so far, like 90. 95% goes to the actual yeah. purpose of the charity. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I can I can speak to that personally. Um, you know, as a football coach, yeah, we had we had a great community team, community network. Parents would bring back cleats and sneakers that no longer fit their kid, but were still in great condition. So mm-hmm. we got those. And then there were other times we just didn't have, you know, size six available or whatever size it was. Yeah. So myself and other coaches, we we pulled money together and 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 bought those sneakers or cleats, and I will tell you, um, unequivocally, those kids lit up. Mm-hmm. It is powerful. You can impact people's lives. So if you if you like that mission of what a Champion Shoes does, you can uh, check them out too. So that's a Champion's Shoes. I think it's a achampionshoes.com. Is that right? Uh, dot
1: .org, but yeah.
0: .org. Yep, yeah, a achampionshoes.org. So yeah, it really can have impact on a child. You might just change your life. They might realize that the world isn't so bad around them and you might light that fire under them for something else. So,
1: Absolutely. very cool.
0: Very cool. Doug, man, this was a pleasure to have you on the show. Really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, thanks for having uh, me. This was this was awesome and easily the, the best run show that I've been on. Uh, and, and that's including my own, right? Uh, I've got to <laughs> figure all this out because this is freaking awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, again, I'll I'll plug him because he's good. Just you know, you've got his email, Chris, and anybody watching this, if you agree with the type of show we put on, the guests we have, uh, reach out to Chris at Cast Ahead, uh, uh, Chris at Cast dot net. He's the guy. Mm-hmm. He's I couldn't do any of that. So he designed the logo. He's he's awesome. So speaks to having a great team around you. Because I kind of get to show up with my friends and talk, and yeah, he handles all the details. So. I'm all about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's
0: very cool. Very cool stuff. So yeah, man, this was a pleasure. very much enjoyed having you. I hope our listeners got a lot. I think they should have. I hope they did. And uh, Doug, thank you. Bottom of my heart, thanks, man, for joining me. And uh, we'll see you all next week on The Big Ticket Life.